Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good. All right. Well, we're going to start our service this morning. We're going to sing Lily of the Valley. So if you want to rise and sing with us, please do. Uh, I'd like to say the words will be up on your screen, but uh, I forgot to turn the projectors on. So maybe we can get those kicked on real quick. They are in the hymnal. Quick, does somebody know a joke? <laughs> Why didn't the skeleton cross the road? Why? Because he had no guts. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Benny. What do vegetarian zombies eat? Grains. Okay, yeah, that's anyway. enough. <laughs> They're coming on. Yes. Right. <laughs> Trying to find the page number. It's like four sixty-five or something. One eighty-nine. All right, we got words. All right, the Lily of the Valley. Here we go. I found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me He's the fairest stuffed in thousand to my soul The lily of the valley, in him alone I stand All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole In sorrow is my comfort, in trouble he's my stay He tells me every care on him to roll He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest stuff ten thousand to my soul. He all my grief is taken, and all my sorrows born. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty tower. Hallelujah. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols torn. From my heart, and now he keeps me by his power. Through all the world forsake me, and Satan tempt me sore. Through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. Hallelujah. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. While I live by faith and do His blessed will. Hallelujah. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. From His manna, here my hungry soul shall fill. And sweeping up to glory to see His blessed face. Rivers of delight shall ever roll. Hallelujah. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Lily of the valley and the, the brightest to your soul this morning. Say hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see everybody this morning. It's good to see sunshine outside. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And and guys, and you're walking around, uh, take a look. I know this this wall over here, you may say, well, it's just a little picture on the side over there. However, there is a lot of detail. There's a lot of work. There's coral and and, and there's a lot of stuff that's not even up yet today. We're going to be putting more up throughout the day today. But we're getting ready for vacation Bible school. But walk around when you're shaking hands such. And maybe come look at some of this stuff. It is incredible the talent that some of the folks have that, that they choose to let God use to glorify His name. Amen? Amen. 
So it, it, it's just a wondrous uh, action to me every time I see all the work that, that goes into some of this stuff. But praise the Lord. Let's give God the glory for it this morning. <laughs> Father God, I come before you today and I thank you for who you are and what you are. And I just praise you, Lord God, that, that you are here. And we just come before you this morning and ask in the name of Jesus, as we have gathered in this place, that you will just pour out an anointing upon us that is beyond any measure, pressed down, heaped up, overflowing, Lord God, so that when we leave here, we know that our cup was filled by the Spirit of a Most High God. May thy will be done, Lord, here in this service today. And God, if there is someone here today that has never bowed a knee, may this be the day. May they accept you before it's too late, Lord. And, and, and God, may they hear your voice, whether it be in a handshake, a prayer, the sermon, whatever it may be, a song, may they hear your voice before it's too late. And God, I also ask, Lord, if there's someone here today maybe that's wanted to help in VBS and never has and has been afraid, or maybe someone who has been called into the mission field or something, I don't know. But maybe each one of us in this place make the choices and the decisions you've called us to make this day. May we quit procrastinating? And may thy will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. And let's take a second, walk around, shake somebody's hand, put your arms around and give them a hug, something. But let them know it's good to be in God's house today. Death is beaten, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. Empty cross, empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. He's alive. Never be the same When I stand in that place Breathe last, living face to face I'm yours, Jesus, you are mine In joy, perfect peace of the pain finally we'll see you celebrate Jesus is alive He's alive Oh, happy day Happy day Wash my sin away Oh, happy day Happy day Never be the same Oh, happy day Happy day Wash my sin away Oh, happy day Happy day Never be the same Forever I'm changed It's so What a glorious day What a glorious way 
Hallelujah. Amen. Just a few announcements this morning. I uh, I didn't think to see who was the deacon, the scripture reading today. Do you know? John, who's the scripture reading today on the list? Oh, okay. You read, oh, good. All right. Um, just a few announcements this morning. I'm running a little behind on my thoughts here. I apologize for that. One of which, I have a napkin up here. I F-O-W-N-D. Found somebody's little bracelet. So if somebody's missing a little bracelet, one of the I'm going to suppose by the spelling that one of the young folks uh, brought this up here. What was that? It's Emily's. Oh, Emily found it. Okay. Well, here, here's uh, somebody's bracelet. If somebody if somebody knows whose it is. All right. Just a couple announcements, real quick. There is no service this Thursday night. As I was announcing a while ago about the ornaments and such, I hope you do get a chance to come and look at all the ornamentation, both here and in the classrooms. This is Vacation Bible School Week. This is the week that, that I pray if you're not going to be here helping, if you're not going to be here working with the, with the kids, maybe you have to work, whatever the reasons may be, wherever you're at, isn't it great we serve a Lord that can be God where you are and where we are at the same time? Lift us up in prayer. So live Vacation Bible School up in prayer. Lift the teachers up in prayer. Lift the students up in prayer. Mainly just continue to, to lift it all up that God's will will be done. And, and then today, if you would like to mosey around, look at the ornaments, maybe help out one of the teachers finish up their rooms, I, I would ask you to, to, to do that too. Just look at what God is doing through the hands of some of the people he's placed here. My VBS workers, I would like, it, I'm assuming most of y'all are going to stay today to finish up your rooms and get ready for tomorrow. However, if not, if I could get you to stay for a few minutes at least, I'd like to, to address my vacation Bible school workers and make sure everything, everybody's on top of everything. I just, um, I don't know where my sound people are today. However, I'll, I'll give it to them later. But if you're here, I would like to get with you for just a few moments um, before we let out for the day. So Thursday night, I, that's what I started off to say. Hopefully, I don't know if I said it or not. No services Thursday night because it's vacation Bible school. So no services this Thursday night. If you usually come to a Thursday night service, we're not going to have service tonight because we're focusing on VBS every day this week. What else? Um, really, that's the main thing I want to make sure to put out there. No service Thursday, Vacation Bible School. The rest of the announcements you can look at there as you, as you get an opportunity. But I think that's enough of the announcements. It, even though there's not a lot of announcements, doesn't take away the gravity of the one that I did present, and that is make sure to be praying for a VBS. This is not just something we do because it's an agenda. This is our opportunity to reach out and, and witness to these kids, maybe change the lives of these kids, maybe reach in and change the lives of their parents through these kids. This is a great way for God to be, us to be used by God to further his ministry. Amen? Amen. Well, that's enough announcements for me. John, you want to come and open the scriptures for us this morning? John's running the sound box by himself this morning. Several hats today, huh, brother? Yes, sir. Thank you. Father God, I thank you for my brother who is who's willing to do this, that, that wherever you call, he'll go. And I thank you for his willingness to, to open the scriptures for us, run the sound back there. 
the video for our YouTube channel. He's got so many different things going on today, yet he's still choosing to do so with a smile and praising you for it. So God, may we hear not John, but you through John this morning. Father, bless him and his family, and we praise you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. You, Thank you. Okay, that's good. That's on. Um, okay, so uh, the, the scripture, it's, it's kind of long, but I'll try and not, not go too long here. Uh, so uh, Mark, Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 17 is where we'll start. As uh, Jesus was sitting, setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, No one is good but one, God. You know the commands. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, and honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. Then looking at Jesus, looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Jesus knew his heart, and Jesus knew what it was that he loved. And uh, let's 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 keep reading. Uh, and, and so Jesus like zeroed right in on that target and said, "Boom!" Right there. That's what needs to fi- be fixed. So uh, he was stunned at this demand, and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God." But the disciples were astonished at his words. And again, Jesus said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So they were even more astonished, saying to one another, Then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. And and I, I want to point out kind of what it was, I think, that Jesus was uh, honing in on here, and it's in, uh, uh, there's two other sections of scripture real quick. Matthew twenty two thirty four. 34. Uh, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they came together in the same place, and one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. And then Exodus 21. This is when, uh, when God was giving the Ten Commandments. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether it be in the shape of anything in the heavens or above uh, or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, 
punishing the children of, for the father's sins to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. And we're, we're really a blessed nation. We have so much. Um, I was thinking about it. I couldn't sleep last night because we've all had a cold going around, and so I took a, a Sudafed, and anyone you know knows you take that, and you're pretty much going to stay up all night. But it was either that or dripping nose. So, uh, but but uh, we have so many things: uh, uh, cell phones, uh, electricity, um, hot water. You know, a lot of people don't have hot water, and and there's there's these uh, the internet. Um, I I've seen I've seen people just flip out when their internet is not working and um and so where do we position these things and that's i think why i said it's so hard for a rich man we're all very rich so so it's a matter of prioritization um facebook um how many of us spend more time i'm guilty of this sometimes you know get on there and spend more time in there than the the word of god um and uh, parties, uh, concerts, uh, you know, your job, money, um, all these things, uh, we just have to be careful and always try and keep God first. And we're always, you know, going to sl- I slip on this very frequently, but, but I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's something, uh, uh, you know, it's just very important that we, we always strive to put God first and then everything else falls into place. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this time of fellowship, this time where we can worship you, and we can worship you all the time, but it's real nice to be able to come together, and that's, that too is a luxury because so many people can't come together in a place like this and, and worship you like this and, and can't, uh, you know, just can't uh, openly, and, and we just thank you that we can. And we praise your glorious name. And now lift up the, the musicians and, and Pastor Frank and ask that you would guide the rest of this service and, and uh, continue to use us in your kingdom in a mighty and powerful way. And we thank you for your many blessings in the name of Jesus. For yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right back to singing this morning if you guys want to rise and sing or take a comfortable position whatever that means for you we're going to sing to God be the glory to God be the glory great things he has done so loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life and atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice praise the lord praise the lord let the people rejoice to the Father, through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, 
to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Great things He has taught us, great things He has done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our victory when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and him the glory, great things he has done. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he has made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed before his own. But I know who I believe in, and I'm persuaded that he saved. Persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the Word, creating faith in him. But I know who I believe in. And I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I committed unto Him against that day. I know not what a good or ill may be reserved for me of weary ways or golden days before this place I see. But I know Persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. I know not when my Lord may come at night or noonday fair, 
No if I walk the veil with him or need or in the air. But I know, I have believed it, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. One more. But I know, I have believed it, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that songs of 
loudest praise. Teach me some melodious song and sung by flaming tongues above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. So here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts this day and seal them with your grace in jesus name amen hallelujah give god the glory this morning hallelujah hallelujah if you have your bibles this morning turn to first corinthians first corinthians chapter two rena graduated this week so all my family was over and my daughter my oldest daughter couldn't come this morning she had to go on back home but she did tell me as she walked out the door, she said, Dad, I sure hate that I'm not going to be able to go to church today and hear you preach stoned. I am not on pain medicine for my arm, just so you know. <laughs> she scared me with that comment. I was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Now, the Lord has been blessing. I appreciate y'all's prayers about my arm. It is doing very well since the surgery. Um, every, everything's going very, very well. So it's, it's doing well. So I appreciate your prayers. However, that being said... Marina pointed, also pointed out this week that she asked me what the sermon was about, and I told her why I felt like the Lord's leading me. And she said, we always can tell what the sermon's going to be about because you go through something every week to bring it to be. And that's kind of this morning. We're going to look at, I don't mean in a derogatory way when I say Dr. Jesus, amen? Because <laughs> he does do surgery at times. But that's kind of what we're going to look at this morning is some of the surgery that we all may need in our lives at some point and maybe even this morning as well. But as I was studying for this message this morning, I came across a story. Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane. I don't know if you've ever heard of this doctor. I, was, I, was, I forgot Bob was going to be out of town. I was, I was curious to talk to Bob about it, since Bob seems to, to know everything in, in, in aspects like that. But this was a very interesting doctor. This was a doctor. He, he was chief surgeon at the Kane Summit Hospital in New York. And as I was reading about him, it was interesting. He was 60 years old, been practicing surgery for about 37, 40 years, but he was especially interested in anesthesiology and anesthetics. He practiced in the early 20th century. Therefore, his idea of anesthesiology, the idea that was put forth mainly, was general in nature. So there was a lot of complications with surgeries back then with the anesthesiology. In fact, a lot of patients didn't get hurt by the surgery, but yet they would be paralyzed and sometimes would even die from the anesthesiology. Well, Dr. Kane had it in his mind that you could actually do surgery by localizing an area, by just deadening that localized area. Today, we, we tend to, kind of like John was saying, we have so many benefits in this country. This was one of those things that just wasn't really heard of back then, but he couldn't find the the guinea pig to prove his point on, I guess you could say. Well, one day, finally, he, he had the right person come in, and, and, and this person was, was willing to, to, for him to experiment using his localized anesthetic. Now, this person needed an appendectomy. He needed his appendix removed. Well, now, Dr. Kane had, had done many of them, over 4,000 appendectomies. 
Well, this was February 15, 1921. It was a Tuesday morning. They roll the patient into the room, and, and the, the doctor administers the anesthesiology there, the, the localized medicine. He makes the initial cut. He caps off the blood vessels. Everything is going well. Everything's going just as it should, and everything's going very skillful. He skillfully removed the appendix, sewed everything back together. The patient that had just minor discomforts, in, in two days he went home, full recovery. Everything went incredibly well with that localized anesthetic, which basically changed that, that patient's experience right there, I guess you would say, uh, changed the, the whole ideology behind medicine because he, he was still awake. He, he watched the procedure. He did the, the, the procedure was totally done while he was still awake. Changed medical practice ever since. The neat thing about this was Dr. Kane was both patient and doctor. He operated on himself to show that it could be done. So under localized anesthetic, he was able to remove his own appendix, sew everything back up, and everything was done with him being the lead doctor in the room. That changed medicine at the time. I share that this morning for this reason. We can do the same thing. Not physically, maybe. We're not doctors. But I have a feeling that if we were really to look at our spiritual lives, we would see that there are some things that need surgery. And if we would stop, we could perform the surgery ourselves with the, with the anesthesiology being God. But we have to stop and do it. We need to stop and, and do a little bit of assessment right here. I don't have the little foamy thing. Is that why it's doing that? So should I move it? There we go. Can you all still hear me? Awesome. Okay. Anyway, in foamy thing, they knew what I was talking about. But anyway, windscreen, thank you. We could do a little bit of, of, of surgery upon ourselves, I think, spiritually, if we would stop and actually attempt it. There is some surgery that each and every one of us needs to do wide awake. But look in Second, First Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. I want us to look at this this morning. It says this, For who amongst men knows the concerns of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him? In the same way, no one knows the concerns of God except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God in order to know what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the natural man does not welcome what comes from God's Spirit because it is his foolishness to him. Excuse me. But the natural man does not welcome what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to know it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I don't have to tell you how dreaded cancer is. I think every one of us has been touched in some fashion. Somebody in our family, some friend, someone, some co-worker, somebody has had to deal with cancer. And we know, we have read, we have heard, there are so many things about cancer that it's it's... It's not unknown to us. We know how bad that may be. When cancer moves into someone's 
body, that one cell, it, it changes. One cell decides to go rogue. One cell decides to, to, to do its own thing, if you will, and it starts to, to metastasize. It starts to grow. It, takes, it starts changing other cells around it. And as it's changing these other cells around it, it, it decides that, hey, we can go and start attacking these organs. It, it starts acting independently and taking its little buddies with it, reproducing in its own kind, and each one of them doing what it wants to do to destroy the body, to put its influence over the rest of the body, to, to tear apart the body, to first start attacking organs and, 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 and taking its cronies and sabotaging our internal organs. So eventually, as we all know, if it's not treated, if it's not taken care of, our physical body will die. Our physical body will fail. Our physical body will cease because of that one cell that decided to grow with all these other rebels taking over the body and and tearing us apart. Cancer can destroy who we are. Cancer can destroy that that human body. Just as abnormal as cancer is to our body and just as abnormal uh, as cancer can just destroy who we are physically, I would submit to you this morning that carnality can do the same thing. That, that when we allow the carnal nature of man to continually move within our lives, it starts out small, but it's abnormal in the life of a Christian. And even though it starts out small, it will grow and it will destroy who we are. If it is left untreated, it, it will cause the incredible destruction, not just in that Christian, but in the body of Christ as well. And that, that's what Paul is warning the Corinthians about here. That's what he's warning you and I about, that we need to stop and we need to look in within ourselves just a little bit. Carnal Christians not only destroy themselves, they influence the weaker ones around them and destroy all them as well. And like cancer, they can reproduce after their own kind, continually taking more and more and more. Now, I'm sure you're aware of the, the, the many different classifications of cancer when it comes to to location, type, stages of development. I'm, that's not my field. I can't go there. But I will say there's different classifications of our spirit here that I would like us to look at. And the first one out of our scriptures I would want us to look at is the natural man. Look at verse 14 again. But the natural man does not welcome what comes from God's spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to know it since it is evaluated spiritually. We need to look and do a little self-examination. We need to see who we are today. That's the question that I hope you will listen to this morning. We need to stop and let our spirit be assessed. We need to ask God's judgment, ask God's assessment. Where are we as far as our spirit goes? Is there any surgery that needs to be done? Because I think a lot of us, not, maybe not a lot of us, but there are many that's within the sound of my voice, whether in here, whether on the, the YouTube, the DVD, whatever it may be, that needs to stop and ask ourselves, are we that natural man? You see, the natural man doesn't accept the things that God has said. The natural man doesn't want to hear, well, I'll, I'll accept this page and that page, and this makes sense, but I don't like that page, or I don't like this book. I don't like what it says here. And instead of accepting what God says, they allow their mind to be foolish. They allow themselves to be darkened with the ideology of what they want rather than what God says. The natural man oftentimes and usually is that unsaved man, that lost person, that, that, that blind person that's under the sentence of death because they've never listened to, they've never heard, never accepted anyway, the calling of Jesus Christ. They are, 
They're like a dead man walking. They have no appetite for God. They have no activity, spiritually speaking. They may know what the Scripture says. They may have even been to church. They may even go to church every Sunday. But they're not aware of their own need that they need, that, that they need Jesus Christ to move in their life. They have the knowledge here, maybe. But they don't have the understanding because they're still walking with a natural way of walk rather than with a spiritual walk. They'll have head knowledge, but they don't see fruit in their life. Now, there are those out there that have never stepped foot in the church, and they are equally just as unsaved and equally just as wrong. And you know what's going to happen when they stand before the Lord one day? They're going to be equally cast into the pits of hell because they never accepted Jesus Christ. Coming to church on Sunday morning does not save you, folks. Coming to church on Sunday morning is not what gets you into heaven. Living a perfect life is not what's going to get you into heaven. Not that we can live perfect lives. Lord knows I am far from perfect. I have many discrepancies. I fail many times. The only thing that I have that's going to get me into the glory, into the glories of heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ. The natural man does not have that. The natural man may have knowledge, but he doesn't have the grace. He doesn't have the spirituality. Vance Havner once said that you might as well be talking nuclear physics to a wooden Indian than trying to talk spiritual things to an unsaved person. They may know the, 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 the wording of something, but they don't understand the spirit behind it. They don't understand who Christ is. That's that natural man. That's what he's talking about right here. It's kind of like, a, 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 it, let's say your neighbor went out and bought one of those new 90-inch flat screen TVs that covers his whole wall and just a, a huge flat screen color TV and, and he comes over to your house to brag about it. And he's telling you about the, how nice this TV is and how deep the quality is and, and the deer in a deer hunting show is bigger than the real deer that you would go shoot because it's big TV and he's, he's bragging about that. And as he's looking... And as he's talking to you, he sees his favorite show come on your little black and white TV. Do they even sell black and whites anymore? Uh, Anyway, you got that little bitty TV. And he sees his favorite show and he's like, oh, I can't watch that on that TV even when I got that one in my house. So he runs home and he he looks all over and he, he searches and he realizes, I can't find the channel. Because the whole time he was over at your house, he never gave you the opportunity to tell him, oh yeah, I got cable now. I'm cable ready. I got this extra channel. You see, he got this big fancy TV, but he wasn't hooked up. He wasn't where the the signal was coming from. The carnal man is that way. He can be intellectual. He can be intelligent. He can be educated, intellectually sharp. He can have everything. He can have everything going on that that he should have going on. But if he's not hooked up to the Spirit of God, he's not getting the right information. If you are here this morning, and you may say, well, I've taught Sunday school. I've been to Sunday school. I've taught VBS. I've done this and I've done that. If you have not allowed yourself to be hooked up to the Word of God, if you have not surrendered your spirit to the, the Spirit guidance of the Holy, Holy Spirit, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I would tell you this morning, you are that natural man. You have a head knowledge of what this book may say, but you don't have a spirit And if you don't have that spirit knowledge this morning, I would say you are that natural man that Paul's talking about here. You are that one that just cannot understand. You're not going to get it. If you're here this morning and that is you, 
the sin would be is if you continue to stay as such. You have the opportunity and the capability today to quit being that natural man and become that spiritual man. And when I say men, I'm not, I'm not excluding women. I'm talking human beings here. Every one of us has been given that, that gift. Every one of us has had that hand extended. And Jesus said, Whomsoever professes me with their mouth and believes in their heart, so shall they be saved. Every one of us has that capability and opportunity. Just because you go to church, just because you do spiritual things, doesn't make you a spiritual person. Just because you have the big widescreen TV doesn't mean that you got it hooked up to God. I pray this morning that if that is you, that you'll do a little surgery today. You'll cut that natural man out and replace it with that spiritual man. Now the second man that we would talk about here is one you have the natural man, but then you have the saved man. Now the saved man is that one who has been born again, that one who's accepted Jesus Christ. He's He's been transformed. He's been forgiven and, and, and pardoned by the blood of the Lamb. He is the one that, that truly gave his heart to the Lord. He's get, give it, been given a new heart and he has a new destination. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. But even there, there, even that, there needs to be more. There is the natural man and there is the saved man. But I would submit to you this morning that if you're that saved man, you may still need a little bit of surgery. Because that's not what Paul's just calling us to be. I think we, we put a lot of influence and, and, and pressure behind making sure someone gets saved, and we need to do that. We do. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples and baptize. You know what that means? We don't need to just be that saved man. We need that. But we need to be the spiritual man. We need to be beyond the natural man get saved, but even beyond the saved man, we may need a little more surgery and become that spiritual man. Look what he says there in verse 15. He says, the spiritual person, this is what we should be striving to attain. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Why? For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. The spiritual man is spirit-filled. He has the mind of Christ. He thinks, he reasons, reasons, he judges, he evaluates, he makes decisions, he makes choices based upon not the spirit that, that lived with him forever, but the spirit of God that now has moved within him. He prays like Jesus. He reaches out to people like Jesus. He loves people of all kinds, and especially the lost. He will share the gospel message why? Because he's super Christian? No, because he is the spiritual man that we are to attain to. He'll have a fervent life of prayer. And I'm not saying that he makes sure that everybody sees him pray so eloquently. You don't have to know big $50 words. You don't have to be able to, to get up in front of, of, of Harvard Medicine and, and give a speech that makes everyone clap. All God desires to hear is the concerns and the wants and the, and the praises of your heart. And you will do that. If you are that spiritual man, you will listen when it says in 1 Thessalonians that we are to pray unceasingly. You'll be lifting up prayers to Him. You'll love to worship. You'll, you, regardless of what the style of the music is, you'll be saying, man, that music is honoring and glorifying my God. And because it's honoring and glorifying my God, hallelujah! 
You see, the spiritual man does not get caught up in the details of life that, that, that tends to bog people down. They won't get caught up into the things that people want to argue about. The spiritual man is going to turn it over to the Lord and say, God, what would you have me to do here? What would you have me to say here? How would you have me to act here? How would you have me to move in the midst of this situation? The spiritual man has gone beyond natural man. He's gone beyond saved person. And he's become the disciple that God has called us to be. I think so many of us think that just because we said a prayer and we got saved, it's done, we're finished. We can go out and live like the world and do whatever we want to do. That's not what God has said. If that's where you're at, you're still in a sick condition here, guys. The spiritual man is one who is generous and and obeys God without hesitation. When God says speak, we speak. When He says jump, we jump. We don't sit and argue about it. We're eager to serve. The spiritual man is the man or woman, is the person who is yielded fully to God. If we are not that person today, I would say that we need surgery. We need to cut out whatever it is that's keeping us from surrendering ourselves completely and fully to Christ. Oh, I can't operate on myself. If a man can operate physically on himself, I think we can operate spiritually if we know Jesus Christ. If I know that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and some of us may have done some ugly things that we're not proud of, But the great thing is that what my God said, if you will turn it over to Him, He will remove that as far as the east is from the west. We have no excuse. Unless we're that natural man that says that I don't care what God says, I want what I want. If we are saved, then it's time to move beyond the milk and it's time to get into the the meat of what God's been telling us to do, and that is to let Him do what he tells us to do. If someone who is, is, is spiritually minded, if someone is spiritually minded, if somebody is a spiritual man, when God puts a period, we don't erase it and put a question mark. We do it. When God says it, we do it. We understand we're not perfect in performance. No one is going to be perfect on this side of glory. We cannot be perfect in performance, but we can be perfect in our desire to please God. The spiritual man is not someone who wears a cape and flies around and look at me, I'm self-righteous, pious, super-Christian. A spiritual man is the man that realizes and recognizes when he stumbles and falls and maybe even falls into the manure tank. And he gets up, cleans himself off, and says, Father, forgive me for I have sinned, and keeps on going, sharing the glory. The spiritual man is not the one that starts blaming others. It's not the one that that allows himself to get in the old poor me's. The spiritual man is the man that looks at him and says, God, what would you have me to do today? I know I'm not worthy. I know I have fallen short. I know that, as Paul said, the chief amongst sinners, there are no other greater than I. I know who I am, Lord, but yet you choose to love me anyway. And because of that, I want to move forward. Folks, let me tell you this morning that we have been called, we have been designed, we have been indwelt by the power, we have been given everything needed to be the spiritual man that God has called us to be. The only thing that needs to be done is we need to go in and carve out and get rid of a lot of the stuff that's blocking the way. We need to do a little self-surgery and get rid of whatever the hurdles may be that's keeping us from fully submitting our lives to Christ. 
We need to ask ourselves this morning, who am I? Am I that, that carnal man? You see, there was the natural man, there's the saved man, there's the spiritual man, but I'm going to submit to you, there's also a carnal man. There is those carnal Christians. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. He says, brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people. I pray, and we're going to read a little more here, but I pray that we never hear that. I would hope that if God sends some emissary to me, whether it be Paul, whether it be a man or woman in this church, whether it be an angel himself, or maybe Jesus himself is speaking, I don't want to hear those words. I couldn't speak to you as a spiritual person. Yeah, you know who I am. Yeah, you're saved, but I couldn't speak to you as a spiritual person because you were too carnally minded. Ouch. But listen to what he says. Brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food, because you were not yet able to receive it. In fact, you are still not able, because you are still fleshly. For since there is envy and strife amongst you, are you not fleshly and living like ordinary people? Ouch. You know, I don't think there's anything sadder than a baby that cannot grow unless it's a Christian who chooses not to grow. And unfortunately, we have a lot of folks today that are Christians. They have accepted Christ. They may wear the t-shirts, wear the necklace, but that's as far as their growth has gotten. They don't know what a Bible study would be if somebody just brought them pizza and cake and, and drove them there. There is so many Christians today that have not progressed beyond the, the initial prayer. And they are babes in Christ. This description is not meant for those who are new in the faith. That's not what Paul's talking about here. This is meant for those Christians who have been around for a while. They've been in church for a while, but yet they're still choosing to act like immature little babies. A carnal Christian is that person who, who's shallow. It's like a stalled car. Jesus is the engine. The, the, the Holy Spirit is the gas. We have, we have a Bible for a road map. We could, we could really get going. We could move somewhere. But instead, we're stuck in the mud of disobedience. Or sometimes we're even sliding backwards in the mud of disobedience. Why? Because we chose not to grow. How sad it is to hear Paul tell, it, 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 I would be ashamed if I was sitting in the church of Corinth and know that Paul had to send me a letter saying, you know what, guys? Y'all just are choosing not to grow. I can't even talk to you spiritually. I can't speak to you because you refuse to grow up. You refuse to move on. Unfortunately, there's so many people in the church today that fits that. They're caught between two worlds. They, they love Christ, but they also love the world. They love what Christ says, but they love the things that come with, with, with the world. They're inconsistent. This is that carnal Christian. Oftentimes, the, the carnal Christian is one who's dependent upon emotions. Now, emotions were given to us by God. Praise the Lord. Anger was given to us by God. But he says, be angry, but do not sin in your anger. However, the problem is we get angry, and rather than listen for the Lord's direction in the midst of our anger, we do something stupid. Because we listen to our emotions rather than God. We listen to our lusts 
rather than God. We listen to our wants rather than to God. Why do we do those things? Why do we fall in such carnal traps? Because we're immature. We act immaturely. Something happens, and rather than give it to the Lord, we worry and we fret about it, and we we make ourselves sick when God says, I have this under control. You see, that carnal Christian is someone who, who has received Christ, but yet is living a, a defeated life. They're existing. They may go to church on Sundays, but there's no joy. There's no victory in their life. That's not glorifying God. God said it's going to be hard. He warns us. He said the world is a scary place, but take heart. Be of good cheer, for I have had victory over the world. Hallelujah. The difference between that person who is is beaten down and that one who's got a smile on their face and looking up is one knows Christ and knows knows Him spiritually, and the other one may know Christ and still trying to live carnally. And it's a, I'm not going to say simple process, but what needs to be done is that carnality needs to be cut out of your life and fully put back to God to be that spiritual person. And we can do that. God said we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We may have a vice in our life that is beyond our, our, our control. We're bound by some habit, some secret sin which is destructive, something that that's consuming us. We may not always seem to be able to control our passions, our tempers, our mouths, our speech. But the great thing is, God said you can through me, through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, you are more than a conqueror. I would say to you this morning that it may seem like there's no anesthetic. It may seem like you're not going to be able to do this. But that's Satan. If you will just step into the operating room and do it, if you will just say, Lord, give me what I need to make this happen, to cut this out of my life, to be able to remove myself from the situation that continually builds itself between you and I, if we will just look to the Lord and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned and I want to be that spiritual Christian. I don't want to be a carnal Christian. I don't want to be a natural man. I don't want to just be a saved person. I want to be what you've called me to be. If we will take that step, if we will walk into that operating room with Dr. Jesus, if you will, and say, God, here I am, I guarantee you he will do surgery. But you have to walk in there. It's like a man who's been released from prison saying, no, I like it here, I'm going to hang out. When you choose not to go to the Lord, when you choose not to, to institute the powers He has given you, when you choose not to act upon the Spirit that He has indwelt you with, you are choosing, as Paul said there, to stay spiritual babies. We have not been called to do that. You may have to work and not be able to help at VBS. Praise God, I understand that. But you know what? If you wasn't and God said you needed to be there, but you thought, well, you know, I'm going to watch as the world turns. I'd be saying, you better be thinking about that just a little bit. If God told you to go, I bet you can miss that episode. I think, don't you, you can miss a week and only miss five minutes in their time, right? I mean, it's not like you miss much. I was in a doctor's office the other day, and I don't remember which one of those shows was on, because I don't ever know those shows, but I remember, I was looking at people that I remember seeing with my mother when I was a kid. 
I think, how can they even still be alive, much less still in the same story? But there they were. Lots of makeup, but there they were. We have not been called to stay babies. We have not. Yes, we are to, to take on the innocence of a child. He says that, 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 that it's the innocence of the children that gets them in. We, we, we should come unto him like those little babes. But that innocence does not translate into, into foolishness. There's a big difference there. When God speaks, we should be better than E.F. Hutton. We should be listening. We should hear every word he says and then act upon it. There's consequences to our, our, our spiritual cancers, if you will. Oftentimes there's, there's some divine discipline that comes down the line because we chose to keep our, our ears closed. But there's guilt, there's depression, there's failure. We, we, we allow ourselves to, to think, well, I just can't do this. It's, oh, poor me. In reality, it's God says, I've made a way. You're choosing to be this. You see, praise God, there is a cure. If that is you this morning, if you find that you are that natural man, if you realize maybe you're a saved person, you've accepted Christ, but, but you're not that spiritual person yet. Or maybe you're that carnal person that's, that's got these vices, these, uh, these forbidden sins that are holding you back from becoming what God's called you to be. There may be this stuff going on in your life that you think that I just can't surmount. I would tell you this morning that there is a cure. The first part of that cure is repent. Repent. Give it to the Lord. You know, cancer can be cured, usually, if you get there early enough. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I would say surgery is probably the surest way, but there's medicines and, and radiation and such. And I have a feeling if a, if a person went to a doctor and after the examination, the doctor says, I'm sorry, you have cancer, but, but, but don't be distressed. We caught this early enough that, that if we proceed right now, we can get this all out and you'll have 100% recovery. I doubt if somebody would say, no, that's okay, I'll take my chances. I don't think we would go there, would we? I think if that doctor says, we caught this early enough, everything's great, we can knock this out, and you'll be back up on your feet. Most of us say, well, let me get maybe one more opinion. But yeah, if the next doctor says the same thing, let's get it out of there. We don't want that in our system. Well, I would submit to you this morning that God's doing the same thing He's telling you. If he's speaking to you today and he's letting you know you're that carnal Christian, you're that natural man, or maybe he's telling you you're saved, but you're still that baby you've chosen not to move beyond. You don't have any pressing carnal sins, but you're just languishing here. You can have power. You can have vibrancy. You can become the spiritual man I created you to be. If you were that person this morning, I would tell you it's just like that doctor that would come in and tell you we can get this fixed. God can fix this. You turn it over to Him. You repent, and then you ask Jesus to come into your life. You may have already asked Him to be your Savior. Hallelujah. You know, we're, we're real quick talk about Savior, but you know what else the Bible says? The Bible says He's our sanctifier. We can be saved and sanctified. A Savior means that He has saved us from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin, the wages of sin was death for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the penalty has been paid. But a sanctifier, a sanctifier, you know what that word means? It means it cleanses the heart. He can cleanse our hearts from the natures that produces these sins. 
that nature of disobedience that we have, that nature like we talked about in Sunday school a while ago of, of not liking authority, not wanting to submit. If we will go to the Lord and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned and ask Him truly to become our sanctifier. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, you know what it says? It says, for the will of God is to be even your sanctification. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to wash us. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says that, that God has not called us to uncleanliness, but to holiness. The only way to get to holiness is through His sanctification. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says that God Himself, the God of peace, sanctifies you through and through. If God sanctifies me through and through, I can be cleansed and go before Him and say, I want to be that spiritual person. I think there are those in the church today that have asked Him to be their Savior, but didn't realize that He could be their sanctifier as well. That He could actually cleanse them from that guilt. Cleanse them from them, them forbidden sins. Those secret sins. Cleanse them from whatever it is. The carnality. The immaturity. He can cleanse them and make them become the spiritual beings God's called them to be. Folks, this morning, the message is pretty simple. You need to look at your own life. I need to look at my life. Where would I classify myself? Am I that natural man? The one that just maybe has a head knowledge, but don't really care what God says. I'm going to do what I want to do. Lost as a goose. Maybe you've never been to church before, or maybe you sit in church every Sunday. doesn't matter. You don't know Him. Are you, just, are you that saved man? You accepted Christ, but then you sat right there, stuck in the mud. Haven't proceeded to do anything since. Are you that carnal man that accepted Christ, but there's sins in your life that you just can't let go of that are blocking and impeding your direction to become that spiritual man? Or praise God, are you that spiritual man? that truly tries on a daily basis to attain glory. Now understand, when I say a spiritual man, I'm not saying you're self-righteous and holier than thou. A truly spiritual man is the person who understands he is not all that in a bag of chips. A truly spiritual man is the one who is going to understand and realize and recognize, I need you. Oh, how I need you. But I choose to give it all to you. Where are you this morning? You don't even have to tell me. There are some denominations out there that says you have to come tell a man now what you are. Nope, you don't have to tell me. You can take it right to Christ, right where you're at. You can go to the Lord right now and say, Father... I am that natural man. I had a head knowledge, but I never let it move that 18 inches to my heart. I want to accept you today. I want to be that man you've called me to be. I want to, I want to live beyond just existing in your church. I want to be a missionary. I want, to, I want to touch children. I want to raise up children in the way they should go. I want to go out and change the world. I want to be that man or that woman you've called me to be. If you're here this morning, you may have those desires. I truly want to be a woman of God. I want to be a man of God, but gosh, I just want a husband. I want 
to go and, and do these things. I want to do that. And, and God, I know that's not what you would have me to do, but man, it's so much fun. If you're here this morning and you realize that's you, that you're that carnal person, then you can give that to him too and say, God, it, it seems so much fun, but show me how that it only lasts for a season. Let me see the bad sides of that. Show me the error of my heart. Show me the wickedness of my heart so I can cut it out and put it to the side and be the woman you've called me to be. Be the man you've called me to be. To be the mama you called me to be. To be the father you called me to be. I praise God to see so many little babies in this church. Uh, just this weekend, I had all these little babies over at my house. That is little bitty babies. All these young parents. One, it makes me feel old. But the other, you know what it makes me? I want to make sure they understand. Train up that child in the way they should go so that when that child, you're sitting in my chair, your children will be holding these little babies and loving them and knowing they're a gift from God. You want to be that person? Surrender to Christ today. Allow the surgery to transpire. Allow it to take place in your life. Yes, it may seem like you're losing something with that carnality because Satan wants to dig it in and make you think you need it. But if you can cut it out, how much more peaceful your life will be. It's your choice. It's your decision. Just as Dr. Kane decided to operate on himself to prove to the world that localized anesthesia would help, so can you choose today. You may be a, a, a young lady that's looking, thinking that, that there's a husband out there for you and you think you have to give in to the ways of the world to find that husband. Let me tell you this morning, my God's got one out there waiting for you. You know, I'm saying ladies, but men too. There's sometimes young men think you have to do this, you have to act like this to, to, be, to get the woman in your life. Let me tell you, trust God and you'll get a better woman in your life. We do not have to live the way of the world to be what God's called us to be. Satan's lied to us. And you can make the decision and the choice today to cut that out of your life. It's your choice. Do you choose to be the natural man? Do you choose to be that carnal Christian? They accepted him by choosing to live the ways of the world. Or do you choose to be that spiritual man? That's your decision today. And if you don't know Christ at all, first step becoming that saved man. Accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. Paul said, I came and I gave you milk. Not because you were babies, but because you were immature and couldn't understand spiritual things. I pray that's not you today. It's time to grow up, put on our big boy pants and be what God's called us to be. Are you ready to make that choice today? We're going to sing in just a moment, but let's all stand. And I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If you're where you're supposed to be, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray for those around you. If you realize there's carnality in your life, start praying now for it to go away. God, remove this from me. 
you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, say, God, I've been blinded, but now I see. I hear. You want to understand the things of the Word? Let the Holy Spirit move in you and give you understanding. Where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? As we pray. Father God, I come before you this morning and just lift up this body of believers. Lift up myself as well. Help us to put aside the things that are not of you so that we can continue to grow to be more like you. Help us, Lord God, to cleanse our bodies, to remove the things that have made us immature, that have blocked our vision, so that we may grow and be what you've called us to be. Lord, as we go into this time of invitation, may your will be done, Lord, as we, as we submit our bodies unto you. If there's someone here today, Lord, that is stubbornly hanging on, I may not be able to reach them. These musicians behind me may not be able to reach them. But you can. Make your will known to them, Lord, so that they can't say one day that they did not know. Just as John shared earlier, Lord, sometimes, uh, as you told that rich young ruler, we have to give away all the things of this world and just pick up and follow you. May your will be done, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. As we sing this morning, this altar will be open. You can pray where you're at. You can pray at this altar. And you may have somebody in mind you need to pray for. Whatever it is, do what the Lord's laid on your heart to do today. As we sing.